0: Hello and welcome to Source from the This is Season 4, Episode 3. Filets are great, but bacon is king. Today is going to be uh, much more of a, just a non-flow episode. Like, what I mean by that is I don't really have a script and I'm not planning on talking about a lot of current events. Besides from Joe Biden being inaugurated, good for him, and it, that was pretty peaceful, although there was some other stuff on there. But we'll discuss that in a little bit later, and I don't really want to get too political into this episode, make it more of a... Yeah, we sort of hit the ground running in the first two episodes of this year and a lot of politics. Really, like, I'm going to say there's going to be a little criticism of COVID-19, things I've been reading recently, but that's about it. So let's go into the COVID-19 stuff just to get it over with. And by the way, this is not accurate information about what's going on today. This is all about people having hot takes about COVID-19, and I guess this is my sort of hot take (laughs) on what i've been reading now a lot of the stuff is not current it's a few weeks to months old so just stuff that's popped up so one is the whole thing about lockdowns um a brit a canadian writer uh who lives in australia said that canada should have embraced the lockdowns that australia took because they would have solved really quickly except that it seems that every single time there's a threat of COVID outbreaking Australia, specifically the Melbourne and Victoria province. Like, Victoria's province just completely shuts down. Like, there was that one case in December where it was, like, believed there was a case and they shut the whole province down for two weeks. Or the state, I think. They they actually call them states there. Yeah, I don't think that's that's a good way to go. Always living in fear of it. Um, I don't agree with how Canada's done it either. I think it was international travel should have been where the restrictions are put on, and internally it should have been quarantine people who could be sick and let everyone else it was just a thing that came up in my mind a few days ago was just about where do you hear the phrases lockdown like like um, for medically, lockdown is sort of a new term for societal use. I mean the place I most commonly heard it in my my childhood and my life was relate to schools and, like, how the school would go into a lockdown phase during a school shooter or, like, some intruder comes in who nobody knows about for the idea is to protect everybody as effectively as possible. But that's, like, those lockdowns are to make sure that the dangerous ones cannot enter into the protected population, okay? Okay. So I'm going to say that's one interesting way. But more commonly, you hear lockdowns happening where? In prisons and in jails. And what do lockdowns happen? A group of inmates, potentially one or more, have committed, a uh, have done something bad. And the whole prison system is put in lockdown, either from a riot or something else. And everyone is punished for those guys who did something bad. Sometimes it's a riot. Sometimes it's contraband getting in. But it's usually a method of punishment for those who are already having their rights revoked because they committed crimes. So when I hear like, oh, we need to, the government needs to do a lockdown. No, the government needs to quarantine the sick people and protect the extremely vulnerable by putting them in a pseudo quarantine or in their own small lockdown. If we're going to go by more of the school definition of protecting a population from being attacked by another one. But really, anyone who's not going to get it, and this is this is just again just a complete rant, rant is about people who have a very low risk of getting it who aren't interacting with the people who are. Assuming that you can control who's coming into the country, because that was the whole thing. We missed we missed that uh, that genie is out of the lamp, and now it's impossible to put him back in. But if we had been able to. If, like, you know, international travel in Canada had dropped to zero, and the amount of people moving around, moving entering Canada who have cases or traveling to and from Canada with cases, which we know evidence is happening, <coughs> sorry about that, then we probably would have been able to open our society up way quicker, much like uh, how Australia has this international travel ban, but as soon as somebody comes in, it's again slammed down, and So I read from this guy who put in the Globe and Mail and I'm just like, you don't get it, do you? Like you had a you must have been so extremely wealthy that you and your family could enjoy the two two or three months of just sitting in lockdown. And then when summer happened, you were able to get back in. But then you even admit that there was a second lockdown, which had when cases started to spike again during the Australian winter. And then, so, you, you finish the Australian and it's like, now things are fine, because you're outdoors. And now we have evidence that outdoor gatherings have very minute chance of spreading. It's all because they've closed um, dining places and people were, places where people can congregate outdoors. People are now doing, um, are now meeting in their houses in private and secret. And we're seeing police because of snitch neighbors going off and getting him. Now, my thing is, if that person goes to a place willfully to ingle- infect people, probably could be some criminal prosecutions there. But if they go on, they don't know they haven't. They go and they accidentally spread it. They'd be just as horrified as anybody else, most likely, unless they're completely like arrogant and don't give a shit. In which case, well, that's when you go to the. What can you do? What can you do? Because you can't make it a, like, well, you had it, and because you didn't know it, it, it wasn't a crime, it, like, it's still a crime for you. Then you're going to the step of, like, just assigning malice to somebody who was incompetent or ignorant. So I keep reading these things about it. I like, the Australian one and the, Glo- the Global Mail one which just made me furious, because it's like, they ha- haven't succeeded the way they did. Much like how New Zealand got held up, but as soon as New Zealand opened international air travel, they flared up again. It's obvious that it's that as soon as you get your cases under control, if you allow international air travel, it screws up. I also love how the Canadian media generally doesn't talk about the vaccine like the U.S. media does. And the U.S. media is more politically—well, I'd say they're both about the same political slantness— but at least the U.S. media, you always get that hope of, like, the vaccine is here. Yeah, the production has gone down because of Pfizer's issues, but the production's still there. It's still coming. Moderna's coming. Like, they, they had a—they talked about yesterday how there's um, one-third of all of COVID cases in Arizona in, um, in Arizona are now people 20 and under, age 20 and under. Which is not—interestingly enough, they don't believe it's the South African slash— uh, uk strain it's some it's from somewhere else it's normal strain or something else like that but they said they bring up the thing that's dangerous but they said moderna and various other vi- um, vaccine manufacturers are very far along working on something that should work and are, in our infecting testing are in large uh large testing phases where they're getting these vaccines out to the hospitals to do controlled testing on people who have it so it seems like like, the American news, that's how it would be. The Canadian news would just be, oh, it's, t- it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Like, first we heard, like, only recently we started to hear evidence that the uh, strain in the UK is slightly deadlier. Um, 30% deadlier based on various things. Granted, that 30% is a, you hear it from a news person, it's like, well, where is it 30% deadlier? Is it 30% deadlier to people who it's just extremely deadly, or is it 30% deadlier to the people who, when they get COVID, is 0.01% chance of fatality. Which one is it? Like, which group does it really have a bigger danger in? Is it more dangerous to the younger age group because it seems to be more infectious to them? Or is it just another, like, bit dangerous to the extremely aging population where COVID's just already very bad for them anyway, and those are the people we're supposed to be absolutely protecting? So you hear about that and you hear the 30% and I'm like I don't know how it shapes up if th- where the 30% lands 30% across the board in which case um it's a little odd but okay um you can it's, it's a little odd it's believable though because of how covid's fatality statistics go based on age ranges but we see various various things about that and then I was going to talk about another thing like what else Look, I freaking love bacon freaking love bacon love having bacon every time I can get it. And then, I haven't had a pizza this week. I want to have a pizza soon. I'll probably have a pizza next week. But yeah, oh, but yeah COVID's really making the... Uh, they got my desire earlier before COVID happened, wanting to create a guest pool for this, and then COVID happens. like, yeah, that ain't happening anymore. And I don't want to do remotes, because it just... It's just the thing of Zooming or uh, Discord or Teams with Microsoft or, like, Google Google Video-like things that, however, Google Meets or whatever. You don't really get the true, um, well, you don't get the true interaction between the person across from you at the table or, or various things. So, thus, until then, it's going to be an interesting thing. We heard that... Uh, what else did I hear? I hear that uh, Paramount has said that they will not sell um, Top Gun 2, Maverick, or Top Gun Maverick, really, to any streaming service because they want to still release it into theaters. Probably, like, a smarter idea. Um, we'll have to see what how uh, Mission Impossible is going to be delayed. <sighs> We've now got James Bond delayed for this November now, and pff, MGM, I don't know whenever they're going to decide to release that now. At least the vaccine rollouts going Um, supposed uh, Joe Biden wants in 100 days to have 100 million doses deployed. Um, Right. Yeah, I think yesterday they were close to 55 million. And from what um, reason magazine had, it turns out that his goal was only 10 percent higher than what they were actually achieving at the moment. Like for daily inoculations, and a lot of, and they were saying a lot of the daily inoculation restrictions were for states who had very, very, very um, constricting methods of deployment. So basically, you had to fit into this very small group. Although then you hear Washington D.C. say that um, those who are fat and obese can now also jump the line and instead of being in their age group, they can jump the line and get uh, the COVID vaccine, which is okay because that because um, being overweight does increase your chance of. Food of it being a comorbidity. But it's like, apparently Washington, D.C. is like 50% overweight, if not obese. So you went from hammering those who were 70 and older and frontline workers, which was a small population, which probably could have been completely vaccinated in a very short period of time with the vaccines that were coming in. And now you have just added half the city to that. That will That will be their excuse. It will be... I'm maybe 38 years old but I am 495 American pounds pounds and I have I have to eat 5 uh cheese pizzas every f- every 2 days because otherwise I grow hungry it's like something should happen to you that is like you shouldn't you should get covid shouldn't die but you should lose like 40 40 to 50% of your weight immediately and then we'll consider giving you the vaccine I think that would be it would be cruel, but I think that would be realistic. Like, you have to lose weight to get the vaccine, because otherwise you're just a slob on society anyway. Yeah, 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 and I know that. I know it sounds harsh. I know that sounds harsh, but really? And we've heard that the black market is now getting into the vaccine distribution, which <laughs> might actually speed up distribution in certain areas, because what's been going on is those that were political and those were connected to people in power were able to jump the line no matter what. Those who were who connected could get the vaccine, no matter where they were and what they should have been in the state line. So I mean that's that's annoying, and I hope the vaccine rollout continues to go. I'm surprised we haven't heard about Johnson and Johnson's uh, vaccine because it was supposed to be done and like trials were all completed and the methods were deployed to the CDC and I haven't heard anything on it. So who knows? Hopefully in February they are able to ramp up their production because I know Moderna's able to go do their production. We've got Pfizer's production going off, um, AstraZeneca's is going up. Well, Pfizer's the one who's got the 50% delay, but we've got AstraZeneca entering the field, which apparently is even better, and I think they need to move to the single injection, which is 87 to 90% eff- effective versus the dual injections, which gets you up to 95%. I mean, yeah, that 5% over a large enough population is a significant number, but if you're talking about herd immunity is 60%, and You're inoculating eight percent of the people that five percent is an acceptable range, I guess unacceptable to die like really anyone who does die from covid nineteen is a tragedy, and it's just it's terrible, but I hope in the long run we find out that the governments threw away every rational move, and now we're seeing like in Alberta our numbers have been considerably lower than they were pre the second phase of second lockdown um, in December our numbers are just better um, heal people are healing better most cases like <coughs> like um, there's been a few outbreaks but they've been generally well traced the ones that have been besides the ones that have been going on in people's homes because they can't gather outdoors and they can't go to restaurants. And where we're seeing evidence uh, from California where outdoor dining reduced it, and then when they shut that down, all of a sudden they have had this spike that turns out maybe they should have let uh, their people eat outdoors because California has a great climate for eating outdoors all year round versus m- a lot of other places such as almost anywhere in Canada where when the winter season comes, you really can't eat outdoors. It's very uncomfortable. So we're seeing this happen and it's just it's just it's weird to observe how politicians and those um bureaucrats who handle these things it's now like um like Dr. Dina Henshaw, who again I've said this uh at the start of the year podcast how she was this great person when the when the um first wave was hitting Canada and hitting Alberta she was showing us like doing great and saying we're doing well and all this and it was like like our responsibility but then the second lockdown happened and it became you're not telling us everything here our numbers are high yes and that is concerning but during the summer months when if you were smart and you were looking at the information from the Spanish flu from 1918 through to 1919 in 1920, where it showed the biggest spike was in the following winter of the initial infection. They had two spikes. They had an initial spike after it first started spreading, and then they had a huge spike there, which it seems that the world has followed that trajectory in most cases completely. Wherever winter has happened, that's where almost everywhere has seen a larger spike. So, the, So you had, from March... Through to May when we were con- constricted, locked down, which is, you know, all half of March from March sixteenth, you had to April sixteenth, and you had to May sixteenth, so it's two months, and then you had the later half of May to get things done. You had two and a half months, knowing that people locked down were trying to protect the in- the industry and flatten the curve. Okay, sort of worked, and then you had from May twenty seventh through to, I'd say October 1st would have been the day I say. So you had June, July, August, and September. You had four months to revamp your system and prepare for this as well as letting people who had other issues re-enter the the chain of surgeries and medical care who were deferred because it wasn't seen as life-threatening, but it turns out that some people did die because of deferring medication and medical activity that could have prolonged their life or maybe committed suicide because their life was in a, their conditions weren't, weren't improving. Um, Businesses were shutting down. There's, there's a whole dynamic about that that will have to be studied. And I, the longer it goes, I don't know if I, I trust a proper study to ever come out. A proper 2020 hindsight look back of, oh, we done fucked up. <laughs> we had this book on the table that said how we should handle this. We threw it out, restarted, rewriting things that it was going, and just you know, everyone liked us. And then we just like, oh, we just kept slowly taking a little bit more when we thought everything was going. I think it's just that's how it's going to end. I don't know. I'd be surprised if we get the honest truth in the long run from our governments. About what happened from all of them, I mean international travel is probably the only thing that government needs to protect its citizens of is stopping foreign threats from entering the country, and they've completely failed. All governments failed at that. What do they do instead of closing the borders and saying, "Hey, you can't travel here here because you get sick. Oh, you're coming from a country that we know we've had a massive outbreak on. You can't come from there." It was, hey, everybody, um, somebody's going to come from a COVID location and spread it in our population. So when that happens, you all just stay home, give up, and just, you know, for almost a full year, just don't do anything. So, of course, now we're going to have a bunch of other things going on to that. (laughs) Who knows? So, uh, let's, let's continue. Let's exit that whole vector of ranting. Although I may come back because, again, I don't know where I'm going to go with this episode. But, oh, man, it's just, it's, it's weird. It is honestly very, very, very strange. 2021 is not really an improvement on 2020. We started the year under lockdown versus 2020 where we knew there was a threat. I mean, we were hearing about it in January 3rd, 4th, 5th, like, you know, we're hearing about this virus around the time the threat of the war with Iran and the U.S. was going on and the Australian wildfires. And we're like, okay, there's something else that needs to be looked at here. And then it became big news about midway through, uh, you know, I'd say about this month, around this time of January last year, was when China released the genome of it and said, oh, it's, you know, they were saying human-human spread was insignificant if detected. We now know that was a lie. And why did anyone believe them? I don't know. I just, I see this, and it's just, how much have we lost? Like, And I'm not talking about lives. I'm talking about progress in economic development, uh, just freedoms, because probably the government's going to be very resistant to give some of these back. Uh, honesty and trust between people, because of snitchy neighbors. Um, how many relationships have been damaged because of not being able to visit friends? Uh, again, this is stuff that's going to be a long-term study. I don't know how he's gonna like. What generations really gonna come out of this? That's gonna be like, wow, looking back, that was. You know, I I it, we kind of came out better than we entered that, or is it gonna be like, wow, we had a decade afterwards that we did not know what we were doing. Or are we going to have the repeat of the Roaring Twenties in the U.S. where after the Spanish flu and the end of the World War I uh, multiple nations, U.S. and Canada included, just like shot up in development and economic value. I mean, that would be really hopeful (laughs) Uh, but with how much government is in control of stuff I don't think that's going to be possible. Or only a few mega corporations are actually gonna experience it, experience that great growth. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, it's just been quiet around here. Just doing the regular work. I'm thinking of increasing my work schedule just to make sure I'm getting more funds in. But yeah, I was looking at tools the other day. I don't have a good uh, like ladder, so I've got a sixteen foot straight ladder that's not extendable, and I've got a about five-foot step ladder, A-frame, which is, it's been beaten up. It's not super great. I don't really like it anymore. I want to retire it, to say the least. So I was looking in, and they've got those multi-position telescoping ladders, and I'm like, they're pricey, I grant you, but for what they do, even though they weigh a bit, I know I can fit one in the back of my Jeep, so probably gonna get it. I talked to my friend who's a painter and he uh he had a he's got more of a straight up uh, 13 foot telescoping ladder that he likes and I'm like I might add that to my inventory too because every once in a while I gotta go out to you know a ranch out where I shoot firearms and stuff like that at but every once in a while I gotta go out there and do work on the roof or climb up something there'll be some odd thing and probably taking a ladder like that wouldn't be a bad idea in the long run so buying both would probably be the best best solution best of two worlds sort of thing. And I mean I'm staring there I'm like how, how do I not have a good ladder for here? And the reason I came up with that is cuz I had to change the light bulbs in my garage cuz they both burned out and I had to stand on the roof of my Jeep on my on like my tiptoes just to reach it and and that I could do it for one and then for the other I had to stand on the rickety ladder at the top and it was like oh shaking I'm like if this falls I'm in a lot of trouble here and that I'm normally really good at balanced, and that was not a that was not a pleasant situation to think about. That I have to go into it, and then yeah, there was that. And in video gaming, video gaming, video gaming, I always like to talk about video gaming. Well, turns out the demo for Resident Evil Village has come out <laughs> for PlayStation Five exclusive. Oh man, I still haven't played Resident Evil Seven, so I still got to get around to playing that and beating that game, but. um that looks just insane. Uh, that's going to have to be a game that my brother and I are going to have to tag team it. Because I, I, I don't know. If, the experience of me and him playing it together probably will be completely different than playing it by ourselves. And I mean, that's, that's how I fell in love with Resident Evil 4 was watching him play it back in the old days. It was just an, insanely fun to watch on the GameCube. And even though it scared me a lot of times it was honestly an extremely fun thing to do um and then we had uh what else was uh, going on uh and then I've been playing Ghost Recon so now uh breakpoints got the uh Rainbow 6 crossover um with a uh, the virus uh, the biological or chemical agent Amperu, which is just killing people uh so now you've got this uh bridging of doors where you're able to kick them in or use, use explosives. And you're also able to, um, uh, use shotguns to blow them open. That's cool. The area of the map that's infected that you have to destroy these, uh, these chemical factories that are pumping it out. It's a cool thing. Um, how it, how you do the, literally the first mission, you get 10 items, you get, uh, some guns, you get all three of the characters, um, from Rainbow Six Siege*, Ash, um, Ash Thatcher, and uh, I forget who the Russian uh, one is if she is Russian, but um, I forget who that character is because I've never seen her before. And <laughs> you get their costumes and stuff, and they're just AI partners for that. I or that. that's that's a fun thing to actually have a fun event. I hope they keep it going longer, and I hope that the next generation of uh, Rainbow Six... Like, I would like a single-player Rainbow Six to come out. Um, Because Siege now, you have all these great characters. It would be great to have like a single-player campaign for it that had a full-fledged storyline. Because, I mean, there is sort of a storyline in the game, but it's more talked-told through various other ways versus what's actually like, Ghost Recon storyline, so it would be nice to have that, and hopefully the next Ghost Recon game, which should be three years from now, maybe two years, because they got up to this year doing it, and maybe, like, 2022, 2023, we see the next, um, Ghost Recon game, (laughs) we'll see where they decide to go from there, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun playing those games, and, uh, decided to go back in Ace Combat had the uh, second year anniversary of Ace Combat 7 and had a bunch of new skins drop for it and I decided to go have some fun playing it and beat the campaign again on normal mode with uh, some of the new aircraft and then I decided I don't have all the uh I don't have all the uh ace pilots in the game shot down so I'm like I'm going to go do that and that was what I did today after playing through the campaign again uh it's, it's been, it's fun to watch, um, but I don't know how, um, it's fun to play. I hope that there's more Ace Combat content in the hi- pipeline, I mean, the guys at Project Aces seem to be surprising us almost all the time. I haven't gone back in to play Project Wingman yet, I hope that they get some more stuff. I know there's been people who have unlocked the, uh, unplayable, like, side missions or stuff like that, like, not side missions, but, um what's the phrase, um, they were using, like, you know, d- unlockable, unlocked, uh, missions that were made in the game, but sort of weren't finished, or, like, decided didn't fit with the story, or were cut from the final content, so it's cool people are doing that, although I would much rather, uh, <coughs> oh, sorry, I would much rather play that game, uh, Yeah, I I have an urge to play it back. and I've been playing some Command & Conquer Generals again and, you know, with the Shockwave mod on. And, boy, that just... It's interesting to uh, to just see, play. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I've been going back to playing some of my old games recently. And, I mean, I've got uh, Legend of Zelda, um, you know, Hyrule Warriors, Breath of the Wild Calamity. I haven't, before the Calamity, I haven't played... That much, I I have to admit I turned it on the other day and I thought ugh, and I I just wasn't in the mood to that type of thing. I guess I've just been for January. I want to do first person shooters or third person shooters and like you know tactical games stuff like that. So that's where I've been throwing my energy at. And I know that very shortly we're gonna uh, we're gonna very quickly go. I'll, well, not we, I am going to go one day and be like okay I want to play these guys again it's just going to happen although I hope it doesn't like knowing me it's probably going to happen around the time that the new um, like the remastered re-released version of Super Mario the new Super Mario Bros that was on the Wii U will come out with Bowser's new like uh, Bowser's Fury DLC on the Switch and I'll probably buy that by that point and be like oh I want to play a little bit of that which is which is fine. Always nice to have a game on the docket. But uh really wish uh you know wish I could streamline and go through it. But also I gotta just frickin' balls up and play Resident Evil seven, like geez, I'm really, really, really stupid for not getting around to it. <sighs> but <laughs> I mean, I haven't gone back to watch a playthrough of the game in a while, so I guess I'd have to do that and then start playing it again. I don't know, I like, uh... What was the last Resident Evil game I I dipped into? I sort of spent a little bit playing Resident Evil 4 again. That's always fun. Like, Resident Evil 4, I played the most out of all of them. And it's just really, 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 really fun. That's just how Resident Evil seems to be. Um... I'll play Revelations 2 again. Like, that's... The raid mode on that is just ridiculously fun to keep going through and unlocking more stuff. It feels less punishing than a lot of the other uh, other games do. It just seems like, you know, that arcade mode just seems fun. I, I wish there was something like that in Resident Evil 3. I mean, I, I, have they put anything like that in Resident Evil 3? Because I know they made that the... uh the Resident Evil Survivors thing. It's like, you know, Resident Evil 3 remake deserved to have more uh you know, more, si- more side more sidecom uh more side content to play with. And I think that was the weakest thing on it was um just yeah, Resident Evil Resistance which just didn't feel full. I mean I wish there was more to it. Like I I I don't want to play Resident Evil Resistance. I'm not a single player game. Like I'm I'm a single player guy. Oh yeah, see the epilogue and the Like I wish there was more there. But I could just go back and play Resident Evil 3 and Two again. Um, I love going to the Resident Evil wiki and it's having like credits and translation errors, which are just always funny to hear from. But uh, I don't know, like you know, post-game stuff. Like playing the game this a second time sometimes isn't enough, or maybe I just need more time to do it. Like it seems like for Resident Evil three. There's not like a lot you can improve on your play, like you can improve like when you're using health goods, and you can improve like when you're using firearms and sure you can unlock better like you know, the samurai edge with infinite you can ammunition, you can unlock the uh infinite infinite ammo M four, which is actually a four sixteen. I mean not four sixteen, it's a Mark eighteen mod zero. Um But like you can get stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, but it doesn't feel the same, like like how in Resident Evil 2, the remake of that, you could play, um, you had the A and B storyline for both characters, much like the original Resident Evil 2. Um, maybe it was like this, the layout of the story for Resident Evil 3 and the choices of fighting Nemesis that made the original game a little bit more enticing to play again. I mean, because I replayed it once already and got most of the other stuff done and figured out, like, like I got a lot of... so. I, but I, I will feel an itch to go back and play it. Like, I haven't played Resident Evil the original um, since I beat it on PC recent, uh, two years ago, and I haven't played Resident Evil Zero since I beat it on PC recently. I've played Resident Evil 4 and 5 the most. 6, I'll go back into every once in a while. It doesn't feel like a real Resident Evil game. It's more of a joke, but... yeah. Whatever, but again, then you go to then I go and play Resident Evil Revelations one and two, which seem to be like even though they're they're they were designed for the 3ds, which is hilarious. They were more um, so you know which the 3ds has been around for a long time. I like I wonder uh, I haven't even thought about that, but I wonder if Nintendo is even working on a true, like, retirement plan for that console. Like, and what their next generation is. Because there's been rumors for about a year and a half about a Switch Pro being made after they release the Switch Lite. But the Switches and Switch Lite are selling so well, what's what's the real point of pushing that? um I guess it comes if we know that there's going to be more powerful games, and that the switch does have <laughs> so interesting about that, but we'll have to see if anything happens. I just saw that uh a couple is char a Vancouver couple is charged after chartering a plane to the Yukon t- and getting covid nineteen vaccine. Why is that a problem if they go to another place that has excess supply? It's <laughs> not like they took vaccines away from Canadian people in Vancouver. That's you see, that's government overreach. That's stupid. But <laughs> I just read that, and I am like, this is what's gonna happen. This is why the black market will help, will deal with this eventually. And. Why the government trying to over control the vaccination crowd is going to be stupid because eventually, you know, going into the vaccine thing, which is just I I can't believe I'm reentering this topic again about COVID. But you just know there's going to be a point where people aren't going to be getting it or are going to be slow to getting it or there's going to be something wrong with the logistics of it. There's going to be enough anti-vaxxers who have read bad information or decided, like, they don't trust the vaccine or they've seen, like, the few cases in the U.S. of people who have died from it or have had major reactions from it. Yet, Weird things happen. People are all different. Like, imagine being a nurse who's super stressed out. Like, the, the one about the nurse was interesting because I didn't take that to mean the vaccine caused that completely. Like, my thought was, so, if, I, if she was 100%, like, had been doing nothing thing, but keeping herself healthy for the last year with the vaccine back acted the same way, or was she, because she's a frontline healthcare worker, nurse working in a COVID division, she's been stressed. She's been probably having tireless nights, having very limited contact with people. She wants probably not eating the best food. She could, could and not, and not exercising, much she wants, because she's probably putting in tons of shifts. could it have been like the vaccine hit her with the exhaustion because that happening that quickly is highly unlikely. I think she was just exhausted. And plus also being like a media, being held up by the media. It's like, I, 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 yeah, there's there's a lot of stress that comes from that. So that's why when I heard that story, I'm like, there's, there's more here than the vaccine that caused her to do that. And I highly know what the vaccine is. And I, I hear these stories and I'm like, well, are there other things going on? Are they gonna? Are we gonna research that? So it's like the the two the idiot couple who the guy drank the fish tank cleaner because the wife is like the as the farther the deeper into that story they developed it wasn't a because of um, Donald Trump president President Donald Trump saying a hydro hydroxy, hydroxychloroquine and I believe that's how you pronounce it I probably butchered it which is commonly found. In a, which is in a much higher concentration in, like, fish tank cleaner. So the guy just bought a bottle and drank it, even though there's actual medicine called that, that you need, like, a very, like, doctors are very re- re- restrictive and very resistant to prescribe it because it's only really useful in a few cases. Had slight evidence that it sort of worked for a few people in uh, who had COVID-19, but a lot of cases they, they were trying it. They were fi- find finding no effects if worse, negative side effects that were worse than COVID from the virus, from the, uh, vet, from the, uh, from the drug. So, and then there's information coming out of people who knew him, knew his wife was abusing him, and that his wife was like really crazy and controlling. And then that got pushed, the narrative got pushed away. And once that story basically, once it started to become like, well, okay, these people weren't smart, they were pretty stupid, and they, they believed almost anything, all of a sudden, yeah, so the media just, like, threw that thing away. Yeah. Interesting. Just into the sting, of the it? But uh, it is the world we live in. We live in uh, the days where everything has to be hot takes. You know, get, get your word in five minutes from now. Um, everyone needs their f- ten minutes of fame. Because it can't be 15 minutes anymore because attention spans don't last that long, even though we're finding that log form podcasts like Joe Rogan and stuff like that are some of the best volume entertainment going on. And, and um, people are subscribing to that in higher numbers at the younger education. I mean, y- younger education, but the younger uh, age groups are subscribing to that more often than watching the 22-minute syndicated news cycle. Which can only cover so much with so much depth, and instead, like you get the hour, an hour, two hour, three hour long discussion on one single topic, you might get to see the nuances involved in it, which is what we're losing. But hopefully, we'll gain it back. But we're we're away away from all this Christmas. And Trigger's having fun with one of his Christmas toys. He's been a little, uh a little. <laughs> he had a bad accident on uh, on. Uh, on Thurs Thursday. I think it's because he ate another dog's poop, so then he had diarrhea on my floor. Well. That'd be funny if I this this podcast is not demonetized, but that'd be funny if diarrhea was seen as more offensive than the uh than fuck. <laughs> It'd be funny if that happened in the world. And it's been a while since I swore on uh on an episode. This this one swore a few times. But I guess my thing is going on. Uh, let's just go on to... I don't know. My brain is going to a weird place there. Uh, I guess I was kind of going to direct my thought process into... The vaccine is coming. Hopefully it goes... Its deployment is going to be a little slow from everybody. But hopefully it goes really well. Um, that we get to herd immunity by the end of summer. It's just... it's that's what the province is predicting whether that will be reasonable or not based on variables outside of their control. Um, will we... Jeez, uh, I need to stop and think of it. But, but in the positive note, if we do get to this point, when once the COVID-19 is no longer this boogeyman that it is right now, and once it starts to become a less prominent thing, all over the place, which is a big, big push, um, which will be a big event in our, in uh, in the year or the years to come, if that successfully happens. I hope it happens sooner rather than later, and I really, really, really hope it happens only this year and happens earlier this year. And if anything, it's only delayed slightly in 2021 because I don't want to go through this for another year at least, and I suspect the vast majority of people around the world who have lived in, co- in COVID enforced lockdowns in various places are admitting to that and saying like we want to go out and be ourselves again. We don't want to live under this fear of this invisible thing that can come and go. And yeah, I think that's all really you can say about it. You don't want to live in fear of it. There's a reality and a rationality of being concerned. But it's brought a lot of people to go to a level in anxiety that's definitely harming them in a way that's un- unbelievable it's just i don't know i mean hopefully the playstation 5s and xbox one xbox series is are able to be purchased in larger quantities com- coming soon like the factories are able to pr- pump more out these damn scalpers will get their uh, their face punched in by uh by the market place of more and more people. I mean, I haven't heard so much. The last thing I heard was um was where was it? Uh uh the video game store in the UK game was uh cross-checking every single purchase of uh of the PlayStation 5s they got because I think they got like 5,000 or whatever in one batch. Um something close to that somewhere in the Low to mid thousands, and basically people were like, "Hey, bragging about this new bot they bought that they would download got them like scored them 10. It's like you, that's despicable. I mean, I, 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 you really got to wonder what goes through a scalper's head in their mind when they think like, "I'm gonna spend hard-earned money to buy." 10 or 12 or freaking if some if somehow they have only 20 consoles 20 playstation 5s using this program that will get me ahead of line no matter what and then sell it for three to four times the cost um on ebay (laughs) you you really hope that what will happen is that these guys will sit on that they'll they'll be so slow to sell them that they'll go into debt because they aren't able to pay off the expenses they bought, the stuff, or they'll have to trade something else for it. And then they'll just start accepting realistic pricing for it. And it's also harmful to the console makers and to the game makers because they know, like, apparently one-third of PlayStation 5s haven't had a game in them, haven't been turned on yet and played a game game because of the... Uh, and haven't connected to the internet. Like, that's... If that's true, that's... Uh, like one third of the already existing install base is not active because people don't have them because they're owned and sitting in stocker and scalper warehouses that they can't, that aren't going to be used because they're trying to sell them for two to three to four times the price depending on their location. Wish that would end. But I wish it would end in a way that didn't require um, overzealous regulation from governments. I think there are ways that the private companies could do it. They just... I, I, And considering how a hot-ticket item those are, it's not like they'd be stopping the sale of the item. It's not like they would see, like, you know, Walmart, Best Buy, Game, GameStop, uh, EV Games, uh, Amazon, um, Kohl's, like all those other companies. uh, It's not like they wouldn't see the profit from it. They wouldn't see the game sold. They'd probably see the exact same amount of systems sold in general. It's just that then for like, you know, for like yeah, um, Walmart, EV Games, GameStop, Game, uh, Best Buy, people would be coming back to buy games for the console versus like, hey, uh, Scalper bought 30 and, oh, that was, and now like, very few people are buying games, so we're we're stocking all these games for the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X that, that people aren't co- buying games for. So we have this huge overstock because people can't get the games because people aren't buying the consoles. I mean, just as a joke, let's go onto eBay right now and just see what what a PlayStation Five is going for Cal- in Canada. I, I I know it's it's got to be insane. Mm. There's no way it's a reasonable price. A <laughs> guy's got a box of like 10. So we got digital edition for 700 bucks. Digital edition, fast shipping, free fast shipping, 700 bucks Ugh, from the US. That's um almost gone. Wow, he bought four. He bought forty nine. Should be from Kingston. go. Yeah, sure. Donut. Uh, oh gosh, people are buying these from these pricks. $1, $1,179.52 for a brand new PlayStation disc version. That is a ripoff. I wonder if that's the same dude. No, it's not. Oh, and that guy's also paying to be, like, upfront. He's paying for the advertising. Oh, my God. Why would somebody feedback on this positively? Iowa, like, oh my gosh. Why would you, why would you give it a four to five? You, Yeah, staring at these people, like, that's insane. And I mean, there's expensive stuff, like, that I'm willing to spend my money on, like, airsoft guns, but. but. The difference is I'm not going out buying, like, Buying out a company's stock of airsoft firearms, like buying all the M4 variants made by G and G for Canada and the U.S., and then scalping and then scalping them online for like, oh, it was three hundred bucks. Buy them brand new. I'm selling them for nine fifty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the capitalist way. But the capitalist way is also to have like, like, um, it's during moments of scarcity that are created by other causes that bring the things up. This is for cause scarcity. And they know it. If I met somebody who did this, I I I don't know what I'd do to them. I'd be just be like I don't know if I can be your friend anymore. That's just despicable. Because it's just like that is the that is the bad form of greed. Because that is um as Brett Weinstein says it. Like that's uh no Eric Weinstein. So that's 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 rent seeking those are the guys who go and they do not add to the economy they just take away and they just they they they're leeches they're parasites and i hope that the uh <laughs> hope that the game company sellers the game, these stores start figuring out how to fight these guys it's always going to be a weird arms race But it makes you wonder now if uh, if Sony and Xbox should have, Microsoft should have held off their deployments of these systems until this year, built like a massive slew of them and deployed them in huge, huge, huge quantities, in which case scalping wouldn't have been a thing. I mean, yeah, just my thoughts. Anyway, we're approaching, uh, we're getting close to the hour mark here, not too far, and this has actually gone better than I expected it to be. A uh, bit, of, bit of jumping around, but, uh, yeah, I like this episode, um, you know, uh, what, what did I put the title in? I have to go look the title up again, because it's been, oh, I know, uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah, filets are great, but bacon is king, <laughs> so, let's end, uh, filets are great, but bacon is king, Right now, thanks for tuning in and tune in next week for the next episode. My goal is to push one out literally every week record on Saturday, and get it up by between Sunday and Monday at the latest so hopefully uh you know hopefully people are listening in uh I, this is gonna be a way bigger goal like to if I make an episode next week, which I will, I will be halfway way to meeting the goal of what i of how many episodes i made in 2020 which is a good sign that i'm more motivated and i think um uh yeah let's go on to this i think that people should start picking up more hobbies that are more productive like you know setting aside a period of time every week just to do a hobby or a productive uh craft or or a goal or learn something because i know that the going through the first lockdown if i wasn't doing you know, i just basically dropped doing this and a bunch of other stuff and it just was like brain dead and i'm not gonna live through that this time around if this turns if this lockdown is going for a long time no i'm gonna do this every damn week because it's something to do it keeps my mind going it keeps looking for stuff to talk about and keeps my uh keeps sorry about that keeps me wondering about what's going on, and it's not just i'm just there it's now it's like i i'm gonna throw my voice even if nobody's out there caring to listen it's something I'm doing it's something to improve my uh <laughs> it improves my mental capacity uh my me- mental state i guess uh, and I guess working on anything else like learning learning construction techniques learning anything is just better so <coughs> Sorry about that. So anyway, yep, fillets are great and bake, but bacon is the king. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, that's it. Bye.